Money FM Budget Conversations 2024 is presented by UOB. Over the past week, lots have been discussed about the slew of measures announced by Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong at this year's Singapore budget. Even though the decision to close special accounts for those aged 55 and above from 2025 drew some strong reactions online, short-term relief measures to help Singaporeans defray cost of living pressures, along with other longer-term initiatives like upskilling enhancements, want some cheer. For more insights, we're joined by Jester Cole. He is the Associate Economist for UOB. Good morning, Jester. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Ryan. All right, great to have you on again. So first off, Jester, what was your favourite part of this year's budget? So budget 2024 was very comprehensive. So it provides support for both households and businesses. But if there's one area that I think uh, it's my favourite, it will be definitely the Skills Future Level Up program, especially on the part where there's a $4,000 top up to the Skills Future credit. It is a signal to uh, individuals for them to really encourage them to upskill in the areas of like digital green transition as well. On top of that, beyond just enhancing uh, productivity in the workplace, I think it gives individuals the confidence, right, that they're equipped with a new set of skills to be able to deal with challenges going forward. Yeah, it's quite timely, right? Being able to know there is an opportunity to upgrade your skills because things are changing so fast. There are so many disruptions in the economy and you have to be ready for maybe a second career these days. Yes, for sure. I think because uh, things are so volatile and uncertain these days, so there's a lot of new developments, for example, in the AI space as well. So we, we need to learn how to leverage on these tools to make ourselves like more productive in the workplace. It helps to save time, mm. as well as improve the quality of our work. Mm. Yeah, so I think there's definitely a lot to learn. Yeah, and we should embrace the concept of lifelong learning. Yeah, jobs are changing so fast. You know, AI has really changed how we think about work and how we can even do work. Now, a recent survey, Jester, found that six in 10 Singaporeans citizens and residents feel that the latest measures are not enough to help them cope with rising costs. Could you help us weigh that out in terms of the pace of inflation? What do you think? I think definitely cost of living is front and centre in everyone's minds. So I think we can't help but compare this year's budget against budget 2023. So if you look at last year, the assurance package was enhanced by 3 billion to 9.6 billion. And then if you look at budget 2024, it was announced that the enhancement to the assurance package was 1.9 billion. So I think uh, some may conclude that the support for households might have tapered. But we cannot look at budgets in isolation. So because Singapore budgets tend to be very forward-looking. So if we look into budget 2022, there were actually cost-of-living measures that were already rolled out all the way to support households to year 2026. Mm. So if you look at the total sum of uh, rebates, cash handouts, CDC vouchers, I think it's definitely very significant to help the lower-income households. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Previous budgets, some programs are still running and maybe in future, more programs to come. Now, just to bring in a question that popped into our pigeon hole by a member of the public that attended MoneyFM's post-budget ministerial roundtable, should there be any considerations to adjust CPF returns to keep up with inflation? Being able to have a mechanism seems like a logical thing to have if you look at how inflation has been keeping people on their toes these days. Sure. So last two years, we have seen very outsized inflation numbers. So in fact, core inflation has been averaging above 4%. But in fact, if you look at it over the long term, this is not the norm. So last two years were an exception. So overall, uh, long-term historical average core inflation is actually below 2%. So if you look at the returns on the CPF ordinary account, there's 2.5. Uh, there's a flow of 2.5. Two and, mm. and then if you look at uh, SA and RA, there will be 4%. So in fact, over the long term, CPF returns ha- have actually outpaced 
inflation. So I don't think that there should be a mechanism to adjust CPF returns against inflation. And by the same token, if inflation is weak, let's say if you look at 2021, core inflation was actually 0.9%. We don't expect CPF returns to be reduced to match that lower inflation number as well. So I think we have to be a bit more equitable on that front. I'm sure there'll be some protests as well if that happens. (laughs) So you kind of have that predictability of sorts if you have things clear in terms of um, returns for CPF. We are in conversation with Jester Cole. He is the Associate Economist for UOB, breaking down the latest reactions around Budget 2024. More to come. Your voice, your thoughts, your needs. Money FM Budget Conversations 2024, presented by UOB. All right, Jester, we have also in focus the Enterprise Support Package. This is a new one, $1.3 billion worth. Companies will receive a corporate income tax rebate of 50%, capped at $40,000 in the year of assessment of 2024. Is this a signal that we should be bracing for a rougher season ahead for businesses later in the year? I think rather than being a signal for challenges ahead, I think it's more to address the recent search in business calls uh, that has happened. So it's more to address the issues at the present. So recently we have seen very strong increases in terms of like wage growth, rentals, cost of raw materials as well. So I think definitely the enterprise support package will help businesses to address these uh, short-term challenges. But for this year, we are actually more positive in terms of the business outlook and prospects. So overall economic growth, we expect GDP to expand by 2.9% in 2024. So this is against a very weak number of 1.1% last year. So particularly, I think sectors that that could fare better this year include externally oriented sectors such as manufacturing. Right now, we are seeing an ongoing upturn in the electronics and trade cycle. So these externally oriented sectors can benefit. And specifically, we think that consumer facing sectors have tailwinds as well in areas such as like F&B, retail. They continue to benefit from the recovery in tourist arrivals, especially from China. Recently, we had the 30-day mutual visa exemption between Singapore and China. So we could see some further pickup in tourist arrivals from China. All right, so it looks quite encouraging when you look paint that picture that way. So we mentioned costs being an issue as well. Where are things going from here? Are we looking at also an encouraging picture? So in terms of cost, so for core inflation this year, we are projecting 3%. So that this is actually lower than uh, last year's of slightly above 4%. So overall, I think food prices have started to moderate. Also, we have a strong Sing dollar to help to curb some of these important inflation uh, mm. effects. So I think on the cost run, things could get slightly better this year. But I think one of the major impact uh, on core inflation is that recently we had the one percentage point GSD hike. So actually that adds a bit to core inflation. But if we strip out the impact of that one percentage point GSD hike, actually the underlying core inflation is probably slightly more manageable. All right. Talking about costs, we've got some money being set aside for what's being described as the Future Energy Fund. So that comprises a huge $5 billion commitment to support private sector efforts for the green transition. We've got a lot of things in the equation, no high costs as well as a lack of technology as some of the reasons being cited as why some folks are not going as fast as we hope in that green transition. What do you think are some of the main headwinds and how far do you think these measures will go in terms of helping local businesses position themselves to meet these global carbon emission requirements effectively in future? Yeah, definitely. I think one big area is definitely knowledge gaps. 
especially for SMEs, some of them may not have the resources uh, to be able to fully understand like how should they reduce their carbon emissions or even analyze the state of their carbon emissions throughout their supply chains. So I think definitely uh, knowledge will be one area and definitely the SkillsFuture Level Up program can help to bridge the gap in some of these areas because I think green transition has been frequently cited as one of the focus areas in terms of upskilling as well as reskilling. I think another thing is definitely uh, competing priorities. So I think many SMEs have more pressing issues to deal with at the moment such as uh, manpower issues or the relatively high business costs. So I think because uh, of tackling these issues uh, maybe like their green plans might have taken a back seat. But definitely the government has introduced many initiatives to support businesses to help to green their technologies. For example recently in budget 2024 the energy efficiency grant was actually expanded to more sectors such as like manufacturing, construction, data centers to support them to adopt some of these uh, green technologies in terms of differing the costs. Yeah, I've got more help and more support to allow businesses the opportunity to do more on the green front. And we look at this year's budget, I've heard it being described as a balanced budget. Some have called it a comprehensive budget as well. What is your assessment, Jester, when you look at the budget this year? Was there anything on your wish list that was not covered? I think largely we are very satisfied with this year's budget. So it's definitely a very comprehensive budget that addresses the needs of both households as well as businesses. And in fact, most of the things that we put out in UOB's wish list were actually covered in this budget. But I think if there's one area that I would like to see more, it's definitely a follow-up on these uh, SkillsFuture Level Up program. I think the program has laid the monetary foundations, basically provide subsidies like for these training programs right, to help defray the cost of expenses of these training programs. But I think there's another aspect beyond just money. So workers need to take time off to go for these programs. And for the demographic profile for this program, right, so career workers. So many of them have children that are still in schools and they have elderly parents to take care of. So how do they actually find that balance to be able to devote time, extra time, right, to go for training courses? So I think in this area, there's more work to be done. So perhaps businesses can partner with their employees to come up with uh, flexible work arrangements to the extent that it's possible so that they could have maybe some time off to go for these courses and to upskill so that it does not put excessive burden on the mid-career workers in their upskilling process and I hope that this could actually improve the take-up rate of these programs as well. Now, that's a great point, right? Many ways to look at it and of course a lot of parts to the equation so you need a bit of a holistic approach towards helping employers and employees. We've been speaking with Jester Cole. He is the Associate Economist for UOB breaking down the latest from budget as well as the latest reactions. Jester, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Money FM Budget Conversations 2024 Presented by UOB. UOB, building the future of ASEAN.